the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sanity. It's one of the last episodes of Sideline Sanity you're ever going to see. I'll just leave it at that for now. Today is Wednesday, April 26th, and there is so much news I want to get to. Nikki Haley gets real on abortion. Somebody's got to in the Republican Party. How about this headline? Tragedy when a colon just won't work as a vagina. Okay, there's that. Uh, California closing up. They're locking up all their products in the Target stores because theft is rampant. Um, A Washington school is calling music classes white supremacy. Randy Weingarten, she's more linked. We, We knew this already, how much influence she's had over school closures, which were awful. And then uh, Leah Thomas <laughs> calls feminists misogynists in her case. We'll get to all of it. That's coming up. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. All right, Leah Thomas, you remember the name, used to be a male, now identifies as a woman, competed for Penn in swimming, won some national championships, and set this whole firestorm ablaze. The name Leah Thomas will go down in history. I'm not sure it's going to be a good thing. It it will be a turning point in American sports. Leah Thomas says her feminist critics are misogynistic transphobes that were transphobes. Controversial transgender swimmer Leah Thomas slammed her, quote, feminist adversaries as misogynistic transphobes who reduce women to the value of their reproductive abilities. Reduce women. So we, what we do is we, we're transphobic and we're reducing our sex to um, our reproductive abilities. First of all, there's nothing reductive about being able to reproduce. Okay, I, that's a really interesting sentence I just uttered, but here's the thing. Women can deliver babies. Women can get pregnant and deliver new life to the world. That's amazing. So to to say that we are reducing ourselves to that, hell man, that's the probably the greatest thing I've ever done in my life is give birth to my son. And and I thank God to the woman for the woman who gave birth to my daughter. So if you say we're reducing ourselves to that, no, Leah, that's just one of the many powers that women possess. So uh, if you think that's misogynistic, uh, you're a little off base. 
I'll quote her again. They're like, oh, we respect Leah as a woman, as a trans woman or whatever. We respect her identity. We just don't think it's fair. You can't really have that sort of half support when you're like, oh, I respect her as a woman here, but not here. This is Leah Thomas yesterday. They're using the guise of feminism to sort of push transphobic beliefs. I think a lot of people in that camp sort of carry an implicit bias against trans people, but don't want to, I guess, fully manifest or speak that out. And so they just try to play it off as this sort of half support. Here's the thing, Leah. I honestly don't care how you live your life as long as you're not hurting other people. And when you got into the pool and competed against biological women, you're a biological male, you hurt other people. You took their place on the podium away. You took their place on the teams in the ability to compete in NCAAs away. It isn't fair. No matter what you say, you can identify as a woman all you want. You were born with the, with different chromosomes than a woman, and therefore you're not a woman. That's my belief. You can identify. There's a reason they call themselves trans women because they weren't born women. So they've you know, become women in their minds, maybe through drugs, maybe whatever. But uh, I, it's it's unfair competition. It's so simple that I just, I, I have a hard time spending too much time on it. But it's it feels like we're in crazy world and that normal people, common sense people need to be convinced of this argument because they're afraid of being called transphobic. Don't be afraid. You're not transphobic. You're not a misogynist. You just want fairness in women's sports, which is what we fought for for so many years. On that same note, I, I mentioned this headline, tragedy, when a colon just won't work as a vagina. So in order to for some trans to really fulfill their um, medical transitions, they use certain parts of their tissue to try to create a vagina. And there are different ways that you can do this. You can do this with parts of the intestine. You can do this with parts of the inside of your mouth. You can do this with different tissue. Sometimes they like to use the colon. And in one case that killed a young boy. Um, there is a trans doctor named Dr. Bowers. And this doctor is an advocate for informed consent as in informing a child who is looking at starting puberty blockers at the risks involved. So you're going to, in other words, inform the child, here are the risks involved if you start these hormone blockers. Here's what you may go through, little 9, 11, 12-year-old. You may never have an orgasm. Well, the 9, 11, 12-year-old doesn't know what the hell that is. They've never had one. They don't know what they're going to be missing out on. And it's not just the act or the pleasure of an orgasm. It's, it's the ability to reproduce. It's so Dr. Bowers wants uh, to inform the children looking at starting puberty blockers of the risks involved and making sure they're good with what they may lose, but they've never had it to begin with. So how would they know what they're consenting to losing? This version of informed consent is problematic. No, it's more Dr. CYA. This is an article from Hot Air, by the way, that I'm reading from. Um, and basically, you're left sexually crippled for life because you made a decision as an 11-year-old. It's the stuff of nightmares. I don't know if you've heard of this TV series called I Am Jazz. 
It's about a transgender young female. Um, season four, episode eight. Here's a quote. Jazz says, for my birthday, do you think I could get a tattoo? The dad is hesitant and replies, can you just get a paint on tattoo? One that washes off and see if you like it first. Think of the irony of that. And it goes on to say, no lie. Immediately after they get on the phone with Dr. Marcy Bowers to discuss Jazz having his penis chopped off. You get the irony there, right? Uh, let's just let's just get a paint on tattoo. See if you like it first. Then we'll decide if you should do this life altering thing. But go ahead and let's call the doctor and see about chopping off your penis. I mean, this is kind of just insane. And we're talking about young people whose brains aren't developed. I've gone on and on about this. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right. And here's the, the tragedy that happened. An 18 year old boy died when doctors tried to create a, a vagina for him using part of his colon. His colon was used because puberty blockers stopped growth of his genitals, which meant there wasn't enough tissue to do the penile inversion surgery. Major complications began within 24 hours of surgery and necrotizing fasciitis was confirmed in the days that followed. Despite large doses of antibiotics and repeated removal of dead and infected or infected tissue, the previously healthy patient went into multiple organ failure and died. That's an 18-year-old. Brain still not fully developed. If you're over 18, try to remember, even if you're only 19, try to remember what your brain was like when you were 18. Think of all the stupid shit you did when you were 18. And now an 18-year-old is convincing doctors uh, let's go ahead and try to create a, a vagina out of my colon and dies during surgery. So this is the stuff that pisses me off. I'm not transphobic. I don't care. How you live your life is no business of mine, but I do care about children, about young adults being misinformed about what they're getting into and how and what the repercussions are. And trusting, by the way, parents and doctors trusting young children to make life-altering decisions before their brain is fully developed. This is a topic that's going to go on and on. I just touched on two parts of it. One is the unfairness of trans women competing against biological women in sport. It's just flat-out unfair, full stop, as, as they like to say in D.C. And then these these life-threatening procedures that they're, they're putting these people through. And you are seeing a large number of people who have gone through medical transition coming out now and saying, I'm depressed, I'm more suicidal now. 
you know, look, it's a real mental condition. There are people who know from the time I, Caitlyn Jenner says she knew from the time she was six that she was in the wrong body. Okay. But she waited until she was a full blown adult to go through all of the transitioning that she's gone through. Um, I, I have an easier time with that. I have an easier time with that than allowing children to determine their physical and medical destiny at the age of nine. This isn't like, oh, I need a heart transplant or a kidney transplant or a liver transplant. This isn't life-saving. And that's the other thing. Doctors will say, oh, do you want a uh, dead son or a living daughter? You know, like that's the choice. Like if you don't do this surgery, your kid is going to commit suicide no matter what. Like there's no other way to help treat this child than the surgery. That that therapy, that talk therapy, that psychological, psychi psychiatric therapy, whatever mental health embrace that child can have can't save them. That only surgery and drugs can. I don't buy it. I, 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 you know, sometimes I, I read a lot of history and I look back at the barbaric things that happened in, in our past. I think this is barbaric and I think it's wrong. I think there are healthier, wiser, more long-term forward-thinking solutions for these young kids. And by the way, the numbers recently are exponentially higher. Have we looked at the causation there? Have we even thought about what this might indicate about our society that suddenly so many kids of this generation are identifying this way? Uh, acceptance of the lifestyle is one thing, but not at this, at this rate. We've seen that with generations that the acceptance level means more people are identifying as gay, lesbian, whatever they are identifying as, and that's great. But this generation, it is exponentially higher. Why? And is this the right way to treat it? I, I just put the brakes on, folks. Put the brakes on. Mother's Day is coming, and I'm going to give my family a hint as to what I want. Genucel, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Go there because right now you can get major savings on things that any mom would love to have for Mother's Day. Great skincare. Every mom loves that. So Genucel Skincare is formulated with skin nourishing antioxidants, powerful peptides. It's a proprietary base and it's manufactured here in the U.S. Trust me, your mom, your sister, anyone that you want to treat on Mother's Day will love this. It's formulated by a pharmacist with quality ingredients. Their products are sure to noticeably smooth out fine lines and wrinkles and prevent new ones from coming. My particular favorite is the Deep Firming Serum with stem cell technology. After I've washed my face in the morning or the evening, I put a few dabs of this on and instantly my skin looks fresher and it feels fresher and dare I say younger. So there we go. Right now you can save over 70% off Genucel's most popular package featuring Genucel's Ultra Retinol that contains a powerful retinol alternative, safe on pregnancies, safe on, for breastfeeding. You'll also receive Genucel's Dark Spot Corrector to reduce the appearance of dark marks and sunspots from long summer days outside. Plus, you'll still get Genucel's classic under eye bags therapy for those annoying under eye bags and puffiness. 
And with immediate effects, see results in as little as 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. I mean, you can't lose here. So don't wait. Celebrate your favorite mom by going to genucel.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Michelle with one L. Save over to 70% off their most popular package. Plus, there's um, a, every package includes a luxury gift box with three free springtime essentials. So that's three free gifts plus free concierge shipping for a limited time. Genucel.com slash Michelle, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Michelle with one L. M-I-C-H-E-L-E. Happy Mother's Day. And that's the other thing. We're going to continue to celebrate mothers, unlike some corporations right now who are saying you can opt out of their Mother's Day emails because they might be too triggering for you. Uh, Everyone has a mother. Everyone. You may not know your mother, My daughter doesn't know her biological mother. She knows me. I am her mom. Uh, You may not like your mother, but your mom gave birth to you. The reason you're on planet Earth is because you have a mom. So to say to people, this may be too triggering to you to receive an email from Etsy or whatever about Mother's Day, and therefore you can opt out of those, you're, you're tougher than that. You're stronger than that. Your mother may have passed away. You're never going to forget her. And so a Mother's Day email pops up, a Hallmark email pops up for Mother's Day and you're, you're going to opt out. You don't need to do that. You can delete it. But they're giving you this option to opt out as if you're making a stand, being active against the, the, the corporatism of Mother's Day. Don't fall for that bullshit. Just, just delete the email. All right. Randy Weingarten, one of my favorite people. She's got a mother too. I'd like to have a word with her mom. She's the head of the American Federation of Teachers, and it has become increasingly clear, and she's going to be on Capitol Hill today testifying, that she was majorly involved with the decision-making and the verbiage and the announcing and the, 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 I guess we could say the criteria for closing schools during COVID in, into 2021, by the way. Side note, I heard today that in Washington, D.C., kids returning from spring break will have to present a negative COVID test in order to go back on campus. Are you kidding me? It's April of 2023. My theory, they still need to use up these COVID tests. I keep getting emails about, hey, get your free eight COVID tests. They've got so many COVID tests lying around. They just want to give them away. So they're requiring that kids take them. That's my theory. I know that they're requiring kids take them. My theory is why. They've just got too many tests lying around. They got to use them. They got to make sure that all this federal money that was spent on these tests doesn't go to waste. A little too late. The records show um, Walensky, the head of the CDC, Rachel Walensky, took a call from Randy Weingarten on February 7th, 2021, five days before the CDC released its, quote, operational strategy for K through 12 schools through phased mitigation. So the CDC, Walensky and Randy Weingarten were talking and tweeting and discussing 
and deciding and restricting and colluding and denying kids the opportunity to be in the classroom. This woman, Mike Pompeo said it, I believe she's one of the greatest dangers to America. She is less concerned about children than she is about teachers and they deserve concern, but more in the sense of how they are treated politically. Weingarten is not an educator. She's a politician. She's a politician. She likes to be seen with other politicians. She goes to the Ukraine to say, we're going to help these teachers mitigate this. Yeah, because you have so much experience in warfare, Randy. She screams about student loan debt. I, I, she's just one more reason I am firmly entrenched in the war for school choice and away from government schools. You can call them public schools. They're funded by the government. And, um, and so they teach what the government wants you to teach. And a lot of it is just so wasted because we have kids who can't even read, can't do math proficiently. The ACT scores are down across the board. It's nuts. It's unfair. These are your children. Wow. There, there kind of seems to be a theme here today. Mothers, children, uh, how we treat our children. And education is part of it. And in the state of Washington, in the Olympia School District, they're going to axe music classes for pushing white supremacy. Everything is about this now. A Washington school district is planning to cut music classes it believes promote white supremacy culture. That's in quotes. And quote, significant, significant institutional violence. Significant institutional violence from music classes. The Olympia School District, which is facing a budget shortfall of $11.5 million, voted last week to eliminate band and strings for fourth graders in an effort to both save money and fight racism. School board director Scott Clifthorne admitted during the meeting that research proves, remember that phrase, research proves, music classes are, quote, healthy for young minds but that they are disproportionately rolled out across the district's 12 elementary schools. So there's a disproportionate uh, application of music classes required. Students at some campuses, for example, are required to miss core instruction in order to attend music class, as he said, while some campuses offer longer instrumental class time than others. Quote, we also know that there are other folks in the community that experience things like a tradition of excellence as exclusionary. Clifthorne said. I'm going to repeat that. We also know that there are other folks in the community that experience things like the tradition of excellence as exclusionary. That translates to me as there are people who think they can't be included in the tradition of excellence. You told them that, Mr. Clawthorne, whatever your name is, not, not anyone else. You are telling them that. Quote, we're a school district that lives in and is entrenched in and is surrounded by white supremacy culture, and that's a real thing. The board director told concerned parents that there was nothing, quote, intrinsically white supremacist about string or instrumental music, but warned that there are ways in which it could contribute to the racist culture. Quote, 
the ways in which it is and the ways in which all of our institutions, not just schools, but local government, state government, our churches, our neighborhoods, inculcate and allow white supremacy culture to continue to be propagated and cause significant institutional violence are things that we have to think about carefully as a community, he said. Not surprisingly, the decision angered parents, one of which said the decision was, quote, par for the course for the controversial school board, which allowed one of its elementary schools to ban white students from a new safe space club until backlash forced it to reconsidering to uh, force it to reconsider segregating its fifth graders. Yes, John, I see you popping up. Jersey wants to I read to that talk guy's comments. Yeah. And it made me think of Oswald Bates from In Living Color, the uh, the guy who's in prison and has access to a dictionary but doesn't understand what any of the words are. He just speaks streams of gobbledygook. gobbledygook. Uh, the idea, <laughs> he says, music isn't intrinsically racist. And then he says we are immersed in a way. He, he doesn't give any examples whatsoever. No, when, he just says we have to be aware minor- that it's around us. Minorities don't need enemies or oppressors when they have advocates like that guy. They don't need them. There is no there. First of all, let's just take everything someone like that says at face value. I, I'm not sure what the actual profit or what the gain in is in, in oppressing people through things like music is. What the hell does that accomplish? Where does that come from? And so if he's referring to classical music or something like that, I mean, some of our most gifted classical musicians have been people from minority backgrounds. It doesn't make sense. On any level, it doesn't make a single shred of sense, but this guy would go ahead and deny things that have been a core part of teaching and a core part of building a full person. I'm sorry. I, I, I am personally, I've been playing music since I was 12 years old. I can't imagine some, I'm not going to use harsh language. I can't imagine some individual coming in and, you know, looking into my ethnic background and determining that, that, that ought not be, that's, that isn't going to be good for him. And the idea that someone is, is excluded from uh you know from from seeking greatness from 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 excellence what was the phrase excellence excellence and trying to achieve that he has everything almost completely inverted i i i don't know how it's tough to refute somebody but again he he more comes off as a buffoon i think people like this are not we're now like a generation into teachers who are just repeating stuff that they were inculcated precisely what it is the, the brainwashing that they underwent is now being repeated back to these kids verbatim. And we're seeing this in real time when back in, you know, 2009, 2010, 2011, this was all very new, but teachers yeah. were getting this education back mm-hmm. then. I've met a few of them in person <laughs> and had conversations on CRT. And we're talking as early as 2012 or 2013 when nobody had any idea what it was, unless you were in an educational program for educating or for, for teachers or something somewhere. The idea that you would deny these kids, it, it, again, you don't need oppressors when these are your advocates this is an anti-intellectual argument he is racializing music which is one you know what i I think dennis prager and i can agree on this just stay the hell away from music just stay away from it yeah it's one of the things that is brings everybody together on Uh, this note do you remember the story where i believe it was the new york one of the new york uh uh orchestras i think it was in new york a very prestigious orchestra was going to drop the blind the blind uh, uh, auditions. They've been doing blind auditions in music for going back years and years and years. 
And with this whole infusion of CRT and thinking like this guy is displaying, they say, well, we can't have blind, blind auditions. We need to see who's playing that thing. If it's a black woman, if it's a white man, if it's an Asian, we need to see all of that. Leave music and give it to the kids for crying out loud. Well, he I, that, also, that's just a gimme. He also says some students attend music at the um, detriment of missing some core curriculum. Oh, I'd like to like, know like what CRT. that core curriculum. <laughs> what is that core curriculum? That is, is it exactly math? What occurred is to it me. science? Is it literature? Is it reading? Is it no. spelling? I doubt it's it. ethnic studies. <laughs> it's ethnic studies. That's my two cents, Michelle. Thank you. Well, two cents also given by Alicia Perkins, a mom of three in the school district. She said that there was, quote, no evidence whatsoever that the fourth grade music classes contributed to white supremacy. We have reached a level of absurdity in our school district, among our school board and our leadership. And that is just hard to ignore at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Meanwhile, because we care so much about our youth theft is on the rise and we're not holding anyone accountable. And therefore a target store in, um, and target is based here in, in Minnesota and Minneapolis, St. Paul and um, California retail head slams prop 47 for the rise after a uh, rise in thefts after target stores locked down their entire inventory. Okay. So what this means is this, there was a proposition called prop 47 in California. And why do I care about California? Because to me, it is a, I can't even call it a microcosm because it's a massive state and it's a, an influential state and San Francisco where my dad grew up and my mom in the East Bay, which they were so proud of. My dad called San Francisco, the jewel of the Western hemisphere. And I think he was right at one time. It was beautiful. Even when I was going to Cal Berkeley, I loved going over to the city. I, I you, there's no, there's nothing to attract me there today. Nothing, nothing. In fact, I'm repelled. And part of it is, so there's this Prop 47 that was passed. And again, <laughs> just like the Inflation Reduction Act was misnamed, this one is called the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act. The Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act, which downgraded crimes of theft of goods under $950 from felonies to misdemeanors. So if you steal stuff worth $949, you're now, it's just a misdemeanor. 950 and up, now you're a felon. But go ahead, go ahead and steal, you know, 800, 500, $600 stuff at a, at a, at a pop. That's just a misdemeanor. You'll be okay. We're going to downgrade that. It's okay. It's all right. Misdemeanor is not a felony. Many have criticized the policy as a free pass for shoplifters to keep stealing while barely getting a slap on the wrist as punishment. This is the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act. The Safe Neighborhood and Schools Act. See, they name it that. People don't read the fine print. Oh, I want safe neighborhoods. I want safe schools. I'm going to vote yes on Prop 47. And here's what you get. Many have criticized the policy as a free pass for shoplifters to keep stealing while barely getting a slap on the wrist. So you've got pictures of this Target store where all of the cosmetics are locked up behind glass. All of it. Toiletries, cosmetics, locked up. So you have to go in there. You have to ask. And I know one of our uh, wonderful politicians, and maybe it was Ilhan Omar said, or one of them said, oh, it's just so inconvenient. Well, it was inconvenient to pass Prop 47. 
So this head of the California Retailers Association said she's received calls from members in Oakland suffering because these repeat offenders claim the issue shows that co- the consequences of Prop 47. That's where there is a flaw in Prop 47 because Prop 47 was promised to say, oh, we're going to have safe schools and communities, she said, yet we don't. Yeah, so that's why people are driving their cars into Apple stores, stealing thousands of dollars of Apple goods. There's just, there are multiple stories about Apple stores in San Francisco and Oakland. And then uh, a woman who killed a guard at a Home Depot because she was trying to shoplift something. He chased her out to the loading dock um, and she turned and shot him and then ran to her waiting boyfriend in the car with their two-year-old. This woman is Benicia Knapps. um, (laughs) She was apparently a security guard. She had priors for theft. And yet she was placed on a mental hold after choking herself with a seatbelt in the back of an Alameda Sheriff's Police Department cruiser until she lost consciousness. So law-abiding residents of California don't feel safe. The schools aren't safe. Prop 47 just made it easier to steal is what they did. It seems that there's this culture of let's protect the criminals. Ah, Victims can handle themselves. Let's protect the criminals. Let's make the, let's be a little easier on the punishment. You know, they're desperate. Uh, This, this honestly is the stuff that wakes me up in the middle of the night. These people who are trying to save criminals, no matter how disgusting they are at the expense of good law abiding citizens. And it's all over. It's not just San Francisco. It's it's we we see it. It's Chicago, it's New York, it's Minneapolis. And I'll finish with Nikki Haley, because I think what she's on to here, getting real on abortion, is so important. See, abortion is now. When I was younger, abortion was it was a, a lot of single issue voters. But as long as we had Roe v. Wade, um. People felt okay. You know, there was really no threat that women or even men saw to getting an abortion. His abortion was legal federally. Well, that decision was overturned because the legal merits were flawed. And so it's gone back to the states. And so as we know, each state has taken a different approach to this. I personally am pro-choice with restrictions. I don't think you should abort a healthy baby. After a certain period of time, I think that's somewhere between 15 and 20 weeks. I'm not dead set on any particular time. But I'm also not one of those that says, you know, you should just be able to have an abortion on demand or shoot. I wanted a boy. I'm pregnant with a girl. Let's try again. No. So pro-choice with exceptions. Pro-choice with exceptions. I think that's, well, that's where I stand. Now, there are a lot of people who are just pro-choice throughout the pregnancy. Woman shouldn't have to carry a baby. Even if she's about to deliver, she can abort the baby. I, I, I'm i not down with that. That's, again, um, butchery in my estimation. But here's the issue. Some politicians are so 
militant with their stance on pro-life, on, on the life issue. And it's not that I don't respect their opinions on it. They're entitled to their opinions on it, but they're not reading the room. I think there are a lot of people, we can find agreement on this issue in some middle ground. When you take a right away from people, and, and, and listen, I understand people on the pro-life side will say, you don't have the right to abort a baby. That's not your right. Well, it is my body. I am carrying the baby. And while it's very rare for a rape victim to get pregnant, if a rape victim gets pregnant, she should not have to carry that baby. Now, a lot of people get very religious about this. Is that the right way of, of terming this? They say, look, it's a, it's a life. But you also got the life of the mother. And whether it's her physical well-being or her mental, psychological well-being, that matters too. Incest absolutely should be an exception. So those are two. And then, yeah, I think we can all agree that there's a period of time in which an, an abortion can happen when it's safe and rare and legal. So Nikki Haley, I think, gets this. And some others in the Republican Party do not. This is from the Wall Street Journal. We'll finish with this today. Rebe Republicans urgently need to sort out their political argument on abortion. And the best effort we've heard so far is Nikki Haley's speech on Tuesday. That was yesterday. Combining the moral case against abortion with politics of persuasion and humility. Ms. Haley called abortion, quote, a deeply personal topic for both women and men. And she treated the issue with the compassion and seriousness it demands. Quote, I know how hard pregnancy can be, and many women have it much harder. A friend was raped and feared an unwanted pregnancy, an anguish I wouldn't wish on anyone. Ms. Haley described herself as pro-life both unapologetic and uh, cited measures that she signed as South Carolina governor. Judges in Roe v. Wade imposed a national abortion standard that, quote, much of the country found deeply offensive. Roe's downfall last year was right on the legal merits and an enormous victory for the pro-life movement. But she tempered that conviction with political realism. The pro-life laws, she said, that have passed in strongly Republican states, bills that ban the procedure after a heartbeat is detected at six weeks, for instance, quote, will not be approved at the federal level, she said. She's right. A federal bill would need 60 votes to clear the Senate filibuster, and the GOP hasn't held that many seats in the upper chamber since 1910. Her candor is all the more notable because Ms. Haley spoke to an audience from Susan B. Anthony, Pro-Life America. Quote, if we want to protect more moms and save more babies, we need more Americans to join with us, she added. Compromise and incrementalism are often unpopular in movements rooted in moral conviction, but the pro-life right can't dictate the law when most voters still think abortion should be legal. Americans have grown more uneasy about abortion as ultrasound technology and neonatal care have improved, but a ban in the first trimester lacks majority support. It goes on, Americans can change their mind, but that will take time and persuasion. Meantime, Ms. Haley suggests federal action on consensus policies, 
such as protections for doctors and nurses who decline to perform abortions. The GOP could also continue the tradition of preventing taxpayer financing of abortion, a once bipartisan policy that Democrats have abandoned. Ms. Haley also said the GOP should tell voters what the left thinks about abortion. The Democratic position is increasingly that abortion should be available at any time up until delivery and celebrated as a social good. The party has abandoned Bill Clinton's, quote, safe, legal and rare standard, but the electorate has not. Still reading from the Wall Street Journal, the press will call Ms. Haley's remarks a straddle. And some GOP voters will agree, but Ms. Haley deserves credit for confronting the subject head on with a speech that wasn't sanctimonious or censorious. She told the audience about her husband, born into poverty, adopted. Ms. Haley asked, what if his biological mother had chosen another path? She added, the world is better because of Michael Haley. Democrats in the press won't let the GOP duck abortion in 2024 and roadblocked real debate for decades. The party could do worse than Ms. Haley's pitch for seeking discrete policy victories while building a broader cultural consensus. Again, not being a name dropper here. I had dinner one night in Pittsburgh with Rush Limbaugh, Chris Collinsworth, and Al Michaels. We were in town for a Sunday night football game. And I took the opportunity to say to Rush, the, the, the pro-life pl- plank should be taken out of the platform. Or if you want to leave it in there, give it some wiggle room and don't pontificate about it. This is too hot of an issue and will divide voters. And you will lose independent voters if you tell them what they can do with their bodies, if it's unreasonable. I don't think now some people say, well, it's a slippery slope. If you tell them it's unreasonable to, you know, abort at nine months, they'll say, okay, up to eight months. I think reasonable minds can come together and decide what is appropriate in each state. And this should be left to the states, not the federal government. Each state can have its own values. I I love the notion of each state being a small laboratory of ideas and laws and figuring out what works. So I I think what Nikki Haley is saying and her 20-week limit in South Carolina are reasonable. And we've got to become reasonable about this. And I think the the law passed in Florida, a six-week ban, is dangerous. But I also think Can we go, can we, is anyone willing to say this? Can we also say it's, (laughs) it's time to also think about if you really, really don't want to be pregnant. Now, look, this is why rape and incest are exceptions in my mind. There are ways to prevent being pregnant. Are there accidents? Sure. But could we all start taking a little more responsibility for our personal lives and how we conduct ourselves and what protections we take and all the rest? And that's for both men and women. Abortion is not the only form of birth control. But I do understand that it's for many a last ditch effort and no one wants to be forced to carry a child they don't want to carry. And if they know that early enough, in the case of South Carolina, prior to 20 weeks, 
you know, first trimester has been sort of that, that the, the, the guy, the guardrails, if you will, the parameter, the criteria. I agree with that. But telling women that they don't have a right and suggesting that a doctor who wants to help a woman, that they're a criminal, I think that's a bridge too far. And I really hope that everyone can get reasonable about this topic. And with that, I'll say thank you for listening to Sideline Sanity. Just one more episode of Sideline Sanity to go. I wonder what that means. What does that mean? There's a big change coming May 1st. Stay tuned. Subscribe. Thanks for listening. And be brave and do good. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.